Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for giving us a desire to reach our neighbors. Um, this is evidence that you're working on our hearts, and we thank you for it. Father, as we discuss how to reach them today, we pray for your wisdom, we pray for your insight, and we pray for your love so that we may be able to show them your love. We thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So I'll recap a little bit yesterday, if there are any, any people here that um, were not in the seminar yesterday. So yesterday we went through building a strategy um, and kind of the, the framework for that today. Now what we're going to do is we're going to build the strategy. Um, and I just kind of gave an example because I was in Pennsylvania last week, so I was doing it in context of that. So I gave an example for um, uh, a church there in Pennsylvania. So if it says Pennsylvania, don't mind that. Just you know, make it say Michigan in your head. So um, we also talked about the different stages of awareness and reaching people based on where they're at in those stages of awareness. And we talked about the customer journey and bringing people through different phases of the customer journey in order to get them to the church. So we'll recap a little bit on those things. Um, but I also want to make a few disclaimers when we're getting into Facebook advertising, which we'll do more tomorrow. And the disclaimer is that this is not the easy way out, right? This is not uh, some, some button that you press and now a bunch of people start coming into your church. It definitely takes effort. It takes time and um, thought and prayer. And also, this is not an excuse not to do other forms of outreach. This is not an excuse to uh, stop going door to door, to stop you know, hitting the pavement and giving Bible studies to people one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and this is also not uh, you know, a way of saying, we don't need to use billboards anymore. We don't need to use mailers. I don't think that uh, we need to stop using those. I think we need to start using them correctly. So in the strategy today, we're just going to um, go through it together. If you guys have any questions at all, any comments, please just raise your hand. You know, I'd love for it to be a little bit conversational because if you have a question, I bet other people also have that same question. And um, I just want to make sure that you guys just understand this, that it's really soaking in so you can leave here and uh, apply it to your churches. So the first thing we're going to start off with is this question, and it's how marketable is your church? Now, here are the questions, and you can just respond independently. Um, you don't have to tell anybody. It's just for you to know. Uh, but where are you at here? Um, so the questions. Question one, wants to reach our local community. So does your church actually want to reach the local community? Is that something that's on their heart and on their mind? Do they have a desire to do that? Two, is your church friendly and welcoming to seekers? If someone comes in your church and they look different than you, they dress different than you, they don't talk like you do, they may smell differently than you, um, how do you guys respond? You know, are you welcoming to them um, or is there a little bit more of a cold interaction? Three, does your pastor present um, you know, powerful spiritual messages when he preaches? Four, is great and nurturing uh, at nurturing new members? So with this, um, you know, you just have to ask yourself, if we get people to our evangelistic series, if we get people 
baptized in the church, are these people sticking around or are they just leaving after a year, after two years? So, you know, again, respond independently um, and scale yourself on, you know, scale of one to 10 for these. Has a budget for evangelism. So um, this is a good indicator to the first question. If your community or if your church doesn't actually want to reach the local community, um, you know, you'll see that by where they spend their money, where they allocate their different budgets. So again, this is important because at the end of the day, if we're going to be presenting a, you know, a way of getting people into your church, are they going to actually stick around? Is their first interaction with a church member going to be something cold and uh, you know, not really welcoming? So this depends on how marketable your church actually is. Now, marketing is simply building relationships. Um, we need to re remember that it's communication, human to human, and you're essentially building relationships with other humans in order to have influence and win their confidence so that you can get them to do something, right? So that you can get them to do Bible studies to take um, or to make a decision to follow Jesus. Now, we touched on this quote yesterday, and in this quote, we said, um, we pointed out this um, mechanism right here, this word, persuasion, right? Now, I said this yesterday, persuasion is not a bad thing. Um, we defined the difference between persuasion and manipulation, and, you know, we can use technology as a method of persuading um, people, so that's what we're going to be talking about when we start going through the uh, layout of Facebook tomorrow. And then we also talked about this quote right here. Um, and now we're gonna jump into building the strategy. So um, we'll actually, you know, I have a, a document that I already filled out with some different desires and um, you guys can see that here in a second. But um, our, our market, the people who make up our market are people who all have a desire and that desire can be fulfilled by what you're offering. Right, that desire already exists within their heart and in their mind, and all we have to do is now show them that the fulfillment of that is within what we're offering. So what are some of those different desires? Now, here's a list, and this is an extensive list. You guys can probably add on to it, but here's just a list to get us started. So the desires that may already exist within the heart and mind of the people in our community are these. Um, an, an understanding of the Bible, um, an understanding of Bible prophecy, to get their spiritual questions answered. And I know that that's a huge one. Um, one of the things I hear over and over again in people's testimonies is that when they found this church, they finally got all of their questions answered. So there's a lot of people out there who have a lot of spiritual questions and many people don't have the understanding that we do as Adventists. So they're not really getting you know, the answers. Um, people have a desire to know truth to make sense of what's going on in the world. They want hope, healing from emotional trauma, a better marriage, a happier family, stability, health, happiness, freedom from depression, freedom from stress, freedom from addiction, financial security, community and friendships, and then also improvements in their local community. So I would say that these right here, these desires, are the desires that make up a very small fraction of the market. If you were to look at the market as a whole, that's defined by all of these different desires, 
um, you'd probably notice that there are not as many people out there with these desires as there are with these desires. So most of the time what we're doing when we're advertising um, for churches is that we're speaking to this desire. So we're actually only speaking to a fraction of our market. Um, yes, we may have depression, anxiety, recovery programs or cooking school or, or things like that, but um, I would say that we're not really um, proving to the community that we're even influential in those different areas. You know, how many people have heard of some of the presenters that we know as Adventists? And as Adventists, we think that they're well known and you know, they have credibility. But when we send them out a, a piece of, um, you know, a mail or a, um, you know, a little ad on Facebook, and our focal point is this speaker is presenting on depression and anxiety, they have no influence with the community. So um, they don't respond as, as well as we would hope to those different forms of advertisement. So um, again, I believe that the health message um, is critical in evangelism that it's a way in. Um, people already have these different desires within their hearts and with their minds. So we're just trying to create a bridge with our church and what we can fulfill on and help them with. So if we spoke more to these different desires that already exist within a huge fraction of our market, we will actually be able to reach more people and build influence with more people. And then as we gain their influence, then we can start touching on these different desires. So just wanted to mention that because the strategy that we're creating has to do with speaking to these different desires, winning their confidence, and then speaking to these desires. And you can do it simultaneously as well. You don't only have to speak to these desires all the time and then go to here. You can kind of mix them together, but hitting more on these because you know people are looking for a better marriage. The marriage um, statistic, which we're gonna go over a few of them in a minute, you know, 50% of people get divorced in this country, right? And a lot of it has to do with this right here, financial problems. And people don't have happy families and struggle raising their kids. Kids are getting raised off the, the internet and iPads nowadays. So um, there's a lot more desires that exist over here, or sorry, over here. Um, so effective marketing, we talked about this yesterday a little bit. It is your ability to take a stranger and turn them into an advocate. So this is someone who has never heard about Jesus before and eventually get them to a place where they love Jesus so much that they're out sharing Jesus. So we talked about this. Good morning. We talked about this yesterday where we're bringing people through this customer journey. And what we're going to do primarily for this seminar is we're going to talk about these first few stages. Now, I believe that this stage is probably the most critical, which has to do with discipleship, nurturing the new members. That's the most critical step in getting people to hear, which is the ultimate goal. We won't be talking about this, but know that there is a really amazing resource that uh, is put out there called the Blue Discipleship Handbook, and you can use that tool as a way of building bridges in your um, church with new members and uh, providing mentorship. So um, going with these different ones, we want to eventually get them here. And I know I'm using marketing terminology a little bit, 
When I say convert, that doesn't mean that they are now converted. This is just simply um, marketing lingo where they have now made some type of decision. We call that a conversion. So what we're doing here is we're getting them to a place where they're attending a church event. Most of the time, we skip these steps, right? And we expect people to come here simply by sending out a piece of advertisement that says, come to our church events. And people are not hyper aware. The hyper aware phase that we talked about yesterday has to deal with people who are actively seeking out a solution to a problem that they're aware of. And they're aware of the product, which means that they're aware that church or specifically the Adventist church, or even more specifically, the prophecy seminar is the solution to the problem that they have. Most people are not in that stage of awareness. Most people do not understand that you know, the prophecy seminar is the solution to their problem. And because of that, um, when we advertise, we need to take that into account and we need to start marketing to people in their stage of awareness. When we simply put out a billboard or even a Facebook ad or a mailer that says, come to our prophecy seminar, this isn't really speaking to many people's desires. So we need to work and create a mechanism or a piece of advertisement that's going to speak to those different desires. Now, we'll go through these briefly. Um, they are aware of the church, the pastor, or the church members. So this is the, the first contact. You know, they, they, they now have some type of recognition where they're um, familiar with the church, the pastor, the church members. There's a little bit of a relationship getting started there. Now, the next step is engage. And this has to do with people thinking positively of the church, the pastors, and the church members. Now, I would say that we have a big problem here. Most people who um, know of Adventists don't necessarily think very good things, right? So we have a lot of work to do in this area. And once we've accomplished that, now we can move them to here. We can get them interested in one of our events. And then finally, we can get them to attend an event. And then if the church is really marketable, they'll handle this stuff. So you are probably familiar with this, the cycle of evangelism. And in the cycle of evangelism, these steps are hitting more here, right? So the soil prep and the seed sowing, whereas the reaping series itself is going to focus on these two things and the church is going to focus on this portion of it. So people are at different stages in their experience with uh, this and this. You may, you know, in your community, you may come across people who are already here. You may come across people who are already here or people who are here or people who may have even attended an event in the past. So it just depends. Now in this, you may, you know, when you're doing evangelism in general, people may have already had the soil prep. The seed is, may have already been sown. You know, people may already be working on this and cultivating. And this is the, the harvest phase where, you know, they come to an event and, you know, now they're making a decision for baptism. So a lot of times when we're doing church marketing and we're sending out those um, cold pieces of ads, we are only speaking to people who are ready for this usually. You know, the, the seed has already been sown. People, some, somewhere they've been cultivated. You know, they're showing spiritual interest, all that. And um, 
now they're ready to be harvested. So we can't really skip these steps and always bank on this. These are really, really, really critical if we actually want to experience growth. So because people are at different points, you know, Paul has this um, verse here in, in Corinthians, which shows that there are people working together. It's a joint effort. You know, there, there are people out there who are, you know, sowing the seeds. Right now, across Michigan, you have tons of canvassers out there who are um, you know, spreading literature evangelism, which may be hitting here and, uh, or sorry, hitting here and here, where people now are, are cultivating a little bit more of a spiritual interest. And when you pair that with, you know, your advertising here, you're able to receive a much higher conversion rate when people are actually showing up to your event. So the whole system works together. The whole body needs to be working together um, to develop this strategy. So now that we've got, gotten that out of the way, we've defined our desires, we've defined where they are in the, um, in the customer journey, and then we've already determined their levels of awareness. Now we have established the objective. So the first objective here, and, and it, I would call it the primary objective, is to create disciples for Christ. We always have to keep that at the center and remind ourselves that's the overall goal. Now, the steps that we have to take them through in our specific advertising campaigns have to deal with this. So we want to build awareness in the local community, get the community to think positively of the church, get the community to show interest in church events, and then finally get them to attend a church event. So we're going to move into the messaging or the um, audience side of things. So with this, um, here's just some statistics that I pulled out from different uh, online sources and I'll go through them with you guys because this just gives you a kind of a, a better understanding of what, what's going on in the world. And also know that some of these statistics are going to vary for you guys and I wouldn't base your entire advertising campaigns off of these statistics right here because your local community may be different. And when you're advertising to your local community, you need to make sure everything is nuanced um, for them. So 10% of people are addicted to alcohol and drugs. Over 20% are addicted to food. 30% are overweight. 50% of men are addicted to porn. 50% of marriages end in divorce. 44% have reported that their stress levels have increased over the last five years. Almost 45,000 suicides happen every year. 18% of the population has anxiety and depression. 85% of people hate their jobs. One in four children live without a father in the home. 10% of Americans don't believe in God. About 80% of people are in debt. 50% of people feel lonely. We went over this one yesterday with the amount of Google searches. There's over 500,000 monthly Google searches um, that reveal a spiritual interest. And 69,000 uh, people are, or, sorry, 69% uh, of people in the U.S. are stressed about the country's future. 80% of Americans at any given time are in some type of crisis. This could be to do with their family, their job, finances, their health, um, marriage, all those different things. Um, and then obviously the, the two leading causes of death in the United States are to do with heart disease and cancer. So every time we mention one of these statistics, I thought we have a solution for that. We have a solution for that. You know, the, 
the desires, the needs in the community are overwhelming. So again, nuances uh, to your local community statistics may vary a little bit, but when I see things like this, I just see avenues and inroads and bridges into people's lives, right? Where we can help them to experience victory in one of these areas so that we have influence and now we can introduce, you know, Jesus to them, right? Because when you help someone experience victory in one of these things, you're going to ultimately have influence and be able to share Christ with them. Is there some way we could get a list? Would you like this list specifically? Yes. So what I'm doing is I'm having everyone write down their emails and then I hope to send all of these slides to you guys um, next week. So if you want to, you can put your email yeah, list down here. Yeah. I need it in paper form because where I live, okay. uh, email and cell phones don't. I see. I see. Okay. Well, I'll see if I can make that happen tonight. I'm sure they, they may have a printer around here. So if you come back tomorrow. Okay, yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah, we're in the dead area. Yeah, yeah. I understand. So I believe that Adventists should actually be leaders in the field of marketing. And if you look at other denominations, they're really taking this seriously. And especially the Mormon church. The Mormon church is doing a really, really, really good job marketing and I don't know why it is but I've bought a lot of marketing courses from these marketing gurus that happen to also be Mormon which I find is very interesting so um, the the Mormons are taking it seriously and they're doing a pretty good job um, I've actually networked and figured out who's running all the Mormon ads the agency there and connected with some people and kind of went through some of their different ads that they're showing um, and I've mapped out the strategy and the, the traffic sources and all these different things and it's pretty complex so um, we, we need to get serious about this as a denomination because we have a certain understanding about human beings and their needs and we have the best solution to those so you know, there's a book called Mind, Character, and Personality by Ellen White. And if you read that book, you know, it has to do a little bit with psychology and human behavior. And when you um, understand some of those things, it'll help you to more effectively communicate to people because you understand what's actually going on in their heart and in their mind. So we have certain insight into the human nature that a lot of people don't really take into account. Um, and it has to do with our worldview. So that's is a, one of the biggest reasons why I believe we should be the best marketers. We actually understand the human condition and what's going on with people. So remember, you're marketing to humans. And I know a lot of these things sound negative, but this is the raw, um, unsanctified state of a human being. At the core, you know, people are liars. They have self-esteem issues. They have trust issues the desire to feel special, unique, or important. Everybody wants to feel special, unique, or important. People don't want to feel insignificant, right? People want to be validated. They have worries, they have fears, they have secrets, they have guilt, regret, or remorse. People are searching for their identity. They want to escape their reality, and this is 
a huge one today. People spend a lot of time, you know, watching Netflix and going on social media because this is an escape for them. They don't want to be who they actually are. And so they want to escape the reality and live somewhere else. And that's what allows um, those things allow for them to do. People um, are hypocritical. They want to be loved. They don't want to ask for help. They're proud. They want to feel smart. Um, they want to be in control. They don't like who they are. They'd rather be someone else, put on a show for others, want others to think highly of them. And ultimately, a lot of people don't really want to think about their problems. And you find this a lot of times. People avoid their issues in life and mask them with other things and pretend like everything's fine, right? So we understand the raw, unsanctified state. Now, Jesus can fix all these things, amen? Right? So praise God for that. And just know that when you're marketing to people, you can take some of these things into account and, uh, you know, craft this into your overall messaging and strategy and all of these different things. So we're at the audience phase. And again, this is where I was saying I did this as an example for Pennsylvania, which is where I was last week. So we'll just run with it. So the geographical location that we're going to say we're targeting for the specific church is going to be Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Now, you can simply look up the population size by doing a quick Google search if you don't know this, um, but it's good information to take into account. So Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and then here's some demographic information. And I gave you guys some resources yesterday to help you gather some of this information. Um, you can use the census data that is provided through various entities online, or you can use a program called Mission Insights, which breaks all of this down um, for you. You don't have to do as much digging and researching and all that stuff. You can simply just pull it out of there. So you can see here, the, uh, this Mission Insights, and Insights is um, I-T-E-S, -E not I-G-H-T. So, yeah, yeah. And I think you looked it up yesterday, right? It's like $500 for a year subscription or something like that? Uh, to a mile radius and about seven something. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's a pretty good value that you get for that tool. Um, yeah, so based on this information, now we can start determining who we're dealing with, right? Um, now, you don't want to base your entire marketing campaign off of numbers either. I would really, 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 really recommend just going out in your community, spending time with people, seeing what their needs are. If you want to, I'm sure you can call up different entities, nonprofit organizations who already have a, their thumb on the pulse in their community, who are heavily involved with different things and doing things. And you can simply ask them, hey, you know, we're a church. We want to serve the community. What kinds of needs are there? What's going on in people's lives? You know, and they'll, they'll help you to understand some of those things if, let's say, maybe you're new to a church or you don't really know, this is something you can do. Um, but I definitely recommend, again, getting all of this information because what we're going to do is we're going to compile it all into this thing I like to call a customer persona. So we'll get there in just a minute. So here's some of these statistics. You know, we breaking it down into age, sex, religion, um, race, marital status, um, annual income, and then 
education, political views, obesity, and then the top industries in Pittsburgh. And then after we gather all of that data, now we can start you know, creating this customer persona. A lot of times we have all this erroneous data and we don't focus it on one people group. We just clump everyone together. And when we clump everyone together, we're not reaching many people because an advertisement that comes across to you that's very general and it doesn't speak directly to you doesn't capture your attention and so they don't consume the ad and so you don't see any results from it. So when you're creating a piece of advertisement, you need to speak to people directly. They need to feel like when they're, they're reading the ad or consuming a video or something like that, they need to feel like you're speaking directly to them. So the only way to really do that is to take all of that data, break it down, and now create these customer personas. Exactly, you know, who are they? You know, break it down by this information and then get a little bit more specific with what are their interests? What motivates them? What are their frustrations, goals, fears, personality, these different things? Because an ad again to someone with a, a different type of personality, someone who's very analytical and you know super introverted and you know these these types of things, they're going to respond differently than uh, someone who's more choleric um, and a little bit more outgoing. So when you Canvas, how many of you guys have canvassed before? When you're in a canvassing program, they actually teach you this because you change your canvas a little bit based on the personality type so that you can get a little bit better you know, response from them. If you start speaking to someone who's very choleric and they want to get right to the point and you're running on and on and on about all the details, you'll, you'll realize really quickly that a lot of people will just start slamming the door in your face. So you want to gauge the personality and adjust your canvas, right? You want to understand the different personality types and adjust your ad based on these things. Um, this is something that you just kind of have to gauge again. It's hard to, with the psychographic information, um, interests and feelings and all that stuff, it's hard to get data on that, right? So what you have to do is simply interact with your community members. Have a good thumb on the pulse of like, what's, what's going on? You could do a survey as a church. You know, you could do it. Um, but yeah, these different things, you know, are they more motivated by excitement? Is that something that motivates them? Or curiosity or exploring, comfort, ease, value? You know, you kind of gauge this based on, you know, who your audience is. And again, sometimes it's, it's hard to get the psychographic information um, and to get all the data on that. It's not as easily available as like census data. So one of the ways that you could do it is going out and um, interacting with the community. One of the things that I do, because I typically work with organizations that are in a different state and it's hard for me to like drive there and interact with the community and do all that stuff. So I'll find like online forums, uh, you know, Facebook groups where they're like, you know, uh, born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Facebook group with thousands and thousands of people in it. And I'll just put out a simple question, you know, I'm doing some market research and I'm wondering if you guys have a, could, or could let me know a little bit about the culture of Pittsburgh. What do you guys value? What do you guys you know, do for work? All of these different things. And people are, people love to talk about themselves. 
you know, so that you get a, a good um, amount of people on there, you know, telling you, oh, Pittsburgh, you know, everybody here is you know, down to earth and hardworking and da 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 da, and you just, you know, you start kind of noticing some some trends like, oh, this person said this, and then this person said this, and this person said the same thing, right? And so um, that's an, another really good way to do it, kind of scale your time, so you don't have to go out and interact with thousands of community members in order to get that. You can do that. You can go online and do a little bit of digging and stuff yourself. So, yeah, um, I would, um, yeah, I would, I would, I would really recommend doing the Facebook group thing. Again, it just save you a lot of time to get this type of information. Some of the health information is available, but it's it's hard to get um, accurate numbers. So, you know, do a little bit of digging on that as well. But uh, Mission Insights has tons and tons and tons of data um, that you guys can use as well. And you know, you do it like male and female, and then typically what will happen is you'll realize like there's these segments. So these are all segmented by you know age, male and female, religions, um, races, uh, marital status, annual income, like these segment your market and you should create customer personas based on the different segments of your market. So I only did two, breaking it up by male and female, but just know that you can fraction it based on all those different things so that um, you can now understand exactly, okay, this, is, this persona is based off of 10% of the market. This persona is based off of 80% of the market. And now you know that, and when you're creating your ads, um, you can speak directly to those different markets. And I mean, you could you get really intense with mailers and figure out, you know, in this zip code, this is where this customer persona lives, right? Create a customer persona for it, and then in the mailer push, send it out to that specific zip code. And then another um, zip code, create a persona off that, and then send mailers out to that one. That's another way that you could um, segment your mailers and, yes? It's Mission Insights. Yes. Yep. And so we'll just mention here that Steve and Leah haven't heard of Adventism before. And if you notice um, here, these are, you know, mid-30s, um, younger people. So I believe that this is actually a really good market to go after if they exist within your um, local community as a, you know, by and large. And the reason why is when you're young, you're not thinking about the future. You know, when you're, you know, 15 to 20 and, you know, you don't, you know, you don't have a lot of um, responsibility yet. You're not really thinking a whole lot about the future. You're not taking life very seriously. You're, you know, you're experimenting with your style and you're doing all kinds of different things. I'm just generalizing because, you know, I'm 23 and I just went through this, so I, I know. Um, that group is going to be really hard to reach because, again, their desire isn't for something that we can fulfill. Their desire is for a lot of worldly things. So a lot of times we're just, you know, sitting there scratching our heads, you know, we need to reach the young people, we need to reach the young people. And it's really hard to reach those people because they don't even have a desire yet for these different things. Now, I'm not saying that's everyone. There's always outliers. I'm an outlier. You know, I started gaining spiritual interest um, at a younger age, you know, when I was like 19, 20. And so, you know, God was able to work with that. But if you don't even have a desire, it's hard for God to really work with that. 
of course, the Holy Spirit's going to be impressing and all those things. But from our marketing standpoint, we should be actually going after this group. Because by this time, these people, they're just settling down in their community. They just bought their first home. You know, they, they're now having a family. They're raising young kids. They're thinking really serious about the future. You know, they're thinking, hey, are we going to raise our kids, kids in a Christian home? Are they going to go to a private school, a public school? You know, who do we want to be as people? All of these different things. So these guys, what is on their mind is, um, you know, they're really aware of these different problems and looking for solutions and things like that. So they're easier to reach than, let's say, you know, 16 to 23, right? So that's a little comment on that. And now, you know, we've defined our objectives and then we've defined our audience a little bit here. And again, I'm going to provide the worksheet that kind of goes through these different things to you guys in the resource link afterwards. So it'll be a PDF form and it's fillable. So you can type in there um, and sit down with your church board and go through that. So going back to this, just want to emphasize again, we're hitting on these different ones to bring them here. So our messaging that creates awareness is going to be very different than our messaging that gets someone engaging. And our messaging that gets someone interested in a church event may be a little bit different than, or that gets them to show interest in a church event, maybe a little bit different than the call to action one that gets them to actually attend the church event. So you want to take people through a process you're nurturing them along the way in order to get them here. So what, what are we going to do um, in our case? Now, again, I'm dealing with online advertising. You can do some other things with offline advertising and, and, and things like that as well to nurture these different processes. So we're going to be creating social media content, short little videos, um, little graphics, little you know, spiritual nuggets, health nuggets, things like that. Um, that provide value to the community, that gets their interest, that builds relationship and helps them before we invite them here. Now, usually we send out an ad to our community and we say, come to the prophecy seminar in order to you know, get all your questions answered and da, 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 right? Or come to the health seminar or cooking class in order to learn how to live a healthy life and yada, yada, yada. We're kind of reversing it a little bit where we're saying, Let's just put all this stuff out there. Now, not everything. We're not going to get into, you know, Mark of the Beast and the Remnant Church and Ellen White, right? But some of the more neutral things, like why does God allow suffering? And how can I overcome sin in my life? And, um, you know, is God real? And just dealing with some of those more, um, you know, neutral things that we have answers to. And then also really emphasizing the health. This makes up more of our market. So we're going to want to build trust with our more of our community by releasing content that's relevant to them. So health would be a little bit more relevant to them. You could release, you know, some little short, um, you know, videos and, you know, graphics that basically provide someone different ideas of ways they can spend time with their family, right? And when they see a church putting that out there on social media and, you know, they interact with it, they're like, wow, this church cares about family. Who knew, right? Um, here's different ways of you know, helping you to have a better marriage. Um, another one that you could do is breaking down the five love languages, right? 
a lot of people are struggling with their marriage. A lot of people are struggling with their families and you know having those different types of problems. So when you put out that social media content, they're now becoming more aware of the church, right? If the only time you're ever advertising to your community is when you want them to do something, when you want them to come to a church event, you're never building relationship with them. So you can simply put a little bit of money behind this social media content and target your local community and it's going to show up all over the place in their news feeds and it gives them an opportunity to start seeing it, right? And the first time they, they see some of this stuff, they're probably not, not, um, not going to engage with it. They're just going to you know, start seeing it and um, it's going to build that awareness. Now, eventually, people will start engaging with it, right? It'll become more shareable. People will like it. They'll comment. You'll be able to respond back to them. Again, you're, built, you're able to now build a relationship um, with your community. So, next, that would be like, a, you know, a lot of times we have a, um, something on Easter or around that time, you know, or Christmas, um, right, different things like that, where <clears throat> during the, that holiday, people are, they're, they're more aware of religious stuff, yeah. right, and more people are searching, like, if you look at the Google Trends for churches near me during Christmas time, it just skyrockets, right? Because people are like, oh, I'm a Christer. I go to Christmas on Christmas and Easter. So, they, yeah, I don't know. One of my friends told me that once. So <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, people are like that. And you want to be there when they're aware. So positioning. What we want to do in this phase is change the way that they currently think about us. So I'll get into that in a minute. And tomorrow we're going to spend time breaking this down or actually the, the day after. So Thursday we'll spend time breaking this down and how to create a lead ad. And really quickly, I'll just let you know that you no longer need a short or a simple little website or a landing page to send people to in order for them to register for your event, right? So if that's your one of your, your barriers to this, you're like, man, I'd love to do Facebook advertising, but I don't really have like a website or a simple landing page that I can send them to and we don't have anybody in our church that can make one or we don't have the money for it, don't worry because Facebook now has a product that allows you to get people's um, you know, registration information right there in Facebook, right? So you don't have to send people outside of Facebook anymore, which Facebook actually likes that because you have to think about them as a business. The more you're in Facebook, the more ads you consume and the more ads you consume, the more money Facebook makes. So when you send someone outside of Facebook to another website, Facebook isn't making money, so they like to charge those advertisers who put links in all of their stuff a little bit more money um, than the other ones. So this is actually more beneficial for us, and it costs a little bit less. And this, uh, we're gonna go and yeah, walk through it all because uh, it's not necessarily within Facebook. Uh, we're gonna go through business.facebook.com, set up a business manager, and then there's going to be a whole new world for you guys because how many of you guys have ever boosted a post before? Facebook page, right? Now, there's, that's like the surface level of Facebook advertising. There's another layer that's uh, called Facebook ads and you have to create ad accounts and this gives you tons of different access to different features that boosting a post doesn't. So I'm going to show you guys how to do that stuff. 
Um, so positioning, or some people call this branding. What it, you know, our, our objective here is to get people's minds um, changed to what we want them to think about us. So what does our audience currently think about us? Well, here's a few things. Cult, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, legalists, weird, vegetarian, unkind, fanatics. You know, some people think positive things like, oh, they're healthy, right? <laughs> you know, I would say by the most part, you know, the people who actually are, care enough to engage with us think some of these things, right? So we don't necessarily want them to think this because uh, it's a barrier. It's harder to reach someone when this is what they think. We yeah. kind of hide from it. We're like, you know, this is why a lot of times we don't mention our name at all. And we have our seminars in a separate hall and we invite them all there. And then, you know, halfway through the meetings, we're like, we're the remnant church. Now come to the remnant church, right? So, uh, <laughs> we do the bait and switch on them and we need to work on that like we're just kind of avoiding the problem right now by not rebranding we're just like oh we're just we're just gonna avoid that and we're just gonna do the bait and switch thing for a while and um, the long-term um, approach would be to rebrand and you know it'd be awesome if the general conference did this and there's talk of them doing some of this too right now they're they're really interested in you know getting serious about marketing from the, from the top level. So that would help. And then if we have the conferences doing it, and then local churches also in harmony with that same message, we could rebrand in the next generation. You know, The next generation will grow up not thinking that we're cults, not, not thinking that we're you know, Mormons or these other weird things. So it's going to take time. I'm not saying that you know, you're know you going to be able to put some ads out there on Facebook that are specifically from the Seventh-day Adventist Church and say, oh, we care about family. And people are like, man, Adventists, you know, they care about family. They're not a cult anymore. You know, it's going to take a little bit of time for this to happen. Yes? You know, we have uh, these uh, health classes, cooking classes. Uh -huh. and they got a database. And when the people, you know, and I go out there and I'm always serving over there and I talk to people and everything and they enjoy it. Uh -huh. we, we have good discussions, but, you know, then you don't see people for another five months or so. Mm. Now they got this database. Is there a way in Facebook that you can contact these people in the meantime? You know, like, or do they have to do it right. to go to that site? So here's one of the things that um, you can do in Facebook. You can collect emails, which many of you guys probably collect emails at your yes. different events, right? Yes. So you can collect emails and you can organize those in a customer relationships management tool, CRM. So like Disciples or MailChimp or something like that. You can segment those different lists based on these people have come to seminars, but they left after you know this one or this one or this one or this one, right? Or people, you know, have come to one and they haven't come to any other you, you just separate those different lists right now once those lists get up to about I would say a thousand people it's hard to do this when it's under a thousand the lowest you can do it is at 500 but it gets more expensive um, you can upload those emails into Facebook Facebook will hash those um, emails out and match those with customer profiles and from there you'll have an audience that you can now send ads to. So you can send ads to those people and start marketing to those people who 
you know, are in those different categories. What do we want the audience to think about us? You know, we want them to think that we're spiritual. We want them to think that we're Bible experts, right? But not in a bad way. Not like, man, these guys are so like, you know, uh, yeah. So we want them to think that um, we're Bible experts. You know, that we're friendly, we're happy, healthy. You know, kind of in the know. You know, and, and I and I say this not like in a weird conspiracy theory way, but like in the know as far as you know, what's, what's actually going on, like, there's a lot of trendy things right now that I think we've been doing as a people for a while, you know, like minimalism and um, you know, veganism and all these different isms that kind of segment the United States into different things. And um, we've been doing these things for a while, but nobody knows about us, right? right. So people should think like when they think, you know, Veganism, they should be like, yeah, Adventism, right? And these other things. You know, I look at, um, how many of you guys have tried the Beyond Burger or the uh, Impossible Burger, those new vegetarian burgers? So I think about those and I'm thinking like, these people are, you know, reaching millions of people and they know about Beyond Burger. Now, it would be really awesome if we would have been the ones who invented the Beyond Burger and people would be like, Beyond Burger? And they associate that with Adventism, right? Because we've, we've been pioneering this stuff for a long time, but nobody knows about us still. Um, features and benefits. This is getting more into creating the message. So when you think feature, I may have used this example yesterday, where it's what it is versus what it does. So a feature is what it is simply... A car is a hunk of metal with wheels on it. Now, a benefit is what it does. So what does a car do? It provides you with transportation, right? And then from the benefit, you draw out, you know, the, the core benefit, the thing that, you know, becomes kind of like your tagline, right? So, for example, the car is a hunk of metal with wheels on it. What is the benefit? Transportation. And then ultimately, freedom, right? And so you're advertising shows, you know, when you view a car commercial, you know, it's someone driving down a really nice country road with their wind blowing through their hair and all that stuff, right, showing freedom, where um, when you figure out what it does and how it really benefits someone else or someone based on the feature, now you can communicate to them. Most of the time, we just put everything in like bullet points, right? Like, church service, free Bible studies, prophecy seminars, cooking class, exercise groups. And we never really bridge the gap between, you know, how this solves a problem that they actually have. We don't really speak to them. Sometimes in order to even come up with the benefit, I simply just ask myself, so what? You know, I'll list out all of the different features and I just simply say, okay, church service, so what? Why does it benefit me? And then you start drawing out some of these things and you can get really deep and start, you know, connecting things because when you're advertising, you're speaking to a problem that already exists within their heart and in their mind and you're showing them how what you have to offer is going to solve that problem. And so this will help you to start crafting your message, figuring out all the different features and benefits of your church. And one of the things that you may discover based on your your research phase is that your church 
doesn't offer something that is a mass desire within your local community. And this is where you as a church can now create a ministry or some type of um, you know, you know, seminar or something like that that really hits this one need that's really relevant to your community. So, yeah, so we have these different things, you know, church services, Bible studies, prophecy seminars, cooking classes, exercise groups, health programs, marriage counseling, relationship seminars, VBS, holiday services, community projects, and then small groups. And I would also say this one's a, something that we probably do, but we don't do it enough. And I think that there's a lot of opportunity there. You know, imagine, um, you know, having a community garden and, you know, you guys can do a few different things. You can go door to door, you can send out some mailers, you can do some Facebook ads, and you can just say, hey, you know, we're uh, the Adventist church down the street, we're going to have a community garden. Uh, if you guys would love to learn how to garden and, you know, come hang out, we just want to get to know our community a little bit, come on, you know, we're going to have some uh, burgers and da da da, obviously it'll be vegetarian burgers. Um, yeah, invite them to your community and uh, people just want to make a difference in their community. They want to see positive things happening in their community and so this would be a good bridge, a good way to build relationships with those people. And um, yeah, so we're almost done. You know, we've, we've established the objective, the audience, the message. Now we're looking at the channel. So our channel that we're gonna focus on together is Facebook. Now, there may be other channels that you guys use, billboards, mailers, these other things. And so um, with this, there's, a, there's over 300,000 monthly users, which the population is like 305,000 or something. So almost everybody's on Facebook in Pittsburgh, apparently, and plus some because I don't really know exactly how Facebook got this specific data because it didn't make that much sense to me, but just know that when Facebook gives you numbers, just take it with a grain of salt a little bit because you know these are not exact. Some of the things that they may be doing is like gauging um, how many people visited there recently and how many people have on their profile that they lived there at one point, things like that. So <clears throat> just know that when you put in this data into like this audience insights tool that I'm going to show you tomorrow, the numbers may not add up exactly. The reporting is phenomenal. When they tell you the results that your campaign got, those numbers are very accurate. But uh, some of this data is uh, a little bit out there. So, you know, we, we've, we've pretty much built a strategy here, right? We've got some objectives. We've got our audience. We've got the message that's going to communi be communicated to them. And then we know exactly where we're going to commu communicate that message. So we have a framework that we can kind of go off. Of. So here's what the process would be, you know, indoctrinate. Now, don't think of that word as something very strange and weird. Um, it's you know, we're getting people to think what we want them to think about us, which is the truth. Now, it'd be deceitful if we're lying to them, but we're not. So, um, we're getting them to think what we want them to think about us, and then we're promoting that content, these ideas, through Facebook and targeting the local community, just putting a little bit of money behind it. Um, it doesn't require a ton, uh, just depending on the size of your audience that you're going after. Um, just know that you know, I've spent a dollar and reached a thousand people before. I've spent ten dollars and reached a thousand people before. So, again, ten bucks to reach a thousand people, that's pretty good. So, it's pretty cost effective. Um, 
kind of here's a plan. It's not, a, you know, I don't have it mapped out for every little detail here, which you guys would want to as a church, but just know that in the first few months, and this is set up as a 365-day marketing plan because that's what we need to be doing. Usually we only market to our audience maybe twice a year in the fall and in the spring because we um, have evangelistic series, but we need to be marketing to our audience all year round so that we're building an audience of people who know who we are and think positively of us so that when we do you know, send out these other mailers and forms of advertisement to invite them to our seminars, we've already done the footwork and the pre-framing, the pre right? So we need to be advertising all year round. Now this is how I lay it out for you guys um, starting from now till next year. So I would begin a three month period of testing. Now I know that you guys are gonna be doing Jesus on Prophecy um, so you may you know, shift things a little bit according to that and then after that readjust. With G and, and while I'm on that topic, with Jesus on Prophecy, um, we're, we're actually the ones advertising it online for them, um, for the conference, but know that um, my strategy that I'm sharing here is in the, con the long-term context. So the stuff that I'm sharing with you would have to do with sharing this, you know, these content, these videos, from your actual church Facebook page and using the brand identity guide provided by the general conference so that all of the different you know, messaging and, and things that people are receiving across the North American division and hopefully across the world are very, you know, every, the, everything is unified. People are using the same logo and the typeface and all that stuff. So I recommend that. And the reason why this is a long-term approach is because we're actually talking about rebranding Adventism in the minds of our local community. Um, which is the best move for us. We need to rebrand in, in their minds so that there's less friction, there's less barriers for evangelism. And then also know that um, you know the way that we've kind of been doing things as a church is hurting us and we're wasting a lot of money. Um, when we brand, you know, and anytime we're putting money behind a piece of advertisement and there's, you know, a, a title that says, you know, hope of prophecy or you know whatever it may be called we are branding that thing and there's equity that's being built up into that brand every single time we're doing that but the thing that is frustrating and why it's wasting a lot of money is that we are changing the name of that thing every other evangelistic series and so the thousands and thousands of dollars that we spend branding this one thing is no longer relevant two years from now because we've now changed the name. So the thing that's not going to change for us is Adventism, right? Seventh-day Adventist Church. So I know it's going to take some time, but why don't we start building equity into our own brand, right? Instead of building all the equity in these other brands and wasting the money because every time we build that equity and um, we run a new campaign, the equity from the previous campaign uh, transfers over so there's more awareness we're able to drive the awareness deeper and deeper and deeper so again this is the long-term plan now you can take some of the things I'm teaching you guys and apply it to your campaign specifically for Jesus on prophecy and also we are aiding and helping um, a few churches in the conference with their Jesus on prophecy campaigns running Facebook ads and things like that for them so if you're interested in that um, and having us do it for you you know, we're writing video scripts, we're creating all the graphics, ads, setting them up in Facebook, managing the page, all that stuff. 
you can come to me and talk to me about that afterwards. Um, we'd love to help you out. So here's a few ideas for the con um, content for months one through three, and I realize I'm going over a little bit. Okay, sorry about that, guys. We'll get through this. Um, so here's some ideas for videos. So video, um, you know, what does Seventh-day Adventist believe? Simply, you know, and, and I'd, I'd like figure out a theme based on the desires and things within your community and what you want them to think about you. Family, faith, health, and friendship, right? When people think about the Adventist church, we want them to think about this. Family, hate, um, faith, health, and friendship. Now, this doesn't have to be exactly what they think of. We can, you can craft your own and everything. Hopefully we have a, in our brand identity guide for the general conference, hopefully we can get a tagline or something going so that we can all use that. That would be really great. Um, you know, I would say pastor's testimonial would be a critical thing because again, we want that local pastor to build rapport with his local community. Um, one of the things that someone had shared with me not that long ago was what they typically do when they um, these um, evangelists go over to different countries. They'll go there, they'll do interviews with the different radio stations and television programs, and by the end of it, they're the celebrity in the country. You know, And now they send out the mailers to get them to the series. So what you want to do is have the pastor you know, his, his face showing up and people correlating that with, you know, wow, this guy knows a lot about the Bible. Man, I'm learning so much stuff about the Bible, watching this pastor's videos, like this is phenomenal. Man, where'd this guy come from? And, th and this is the reaction you're gonna get because people are thirsty for answers because they're not getting it anywhere else. So you have that going on, you know, and, and share his testimony a little bit so they can get to know him. Um, here's a quick video idea, done with with religion. So a lot of people, are done with it. They've grown up in churches, their, their parents made them go, they've crossed that off the ideas of even you know, having a solution, so we should contrast their negative experience with the false religious experience that they had with the, what true religion looks like, right? So they can see this. Um, you know, video, why does God allow suffering? Quick healthy meal ideas, Bible promises, you know, all of these different things you can do pretty quickly. And what I'm going to do tomorrow is I'm going to walk you guys through creating some simple graphics using some tools, really easy to use. Um, so we'll create some graphics together. I've already written some copy. So I'll show you kind of the style of copy that you want for these posts and the things like that. So we can get a little bit more creative. Now I'm wrapping up now and I'll let you guys go. So months four through six, you analyze all the content from the first three months. That way you can see which content got the most engagement and then you just simply create more content similar to the most engaging content. So you're having a data-driven experience there. Um, for months seven through nine, create content related to the church event that you're gonna invite them to. So if you're setting up for an evangelistic series, start creating a lot of content around you know, little teasers of what you're gonna be going over in the evangelistic series. And then here's some ideas for that. Again, I'll get you guys these slides so you can have this information. Um, here's some video guidelines and I'm going to actually go over this tomorrow so I can let you guys go, but just know that you don't need all the most expensive gear to do this. You don't need you know, a couple thousand dollar camera. You can simply just have an iPhone, other, you know, Samsung's will work, all these other ones. They have pretty good quality. You can buy a little 
a mic like this on um, Amazon, 60 bucks, and a little tripod for 50 bucks, and you're good to go. You can start creating some videos. If you want to make it a little bit more fancy, you can get a backdrop, order that off Amazon, you get a backdrop with a little stand, 100 bucks. A couple hundred bucks, you're in business, right? So, so thank you guys so much for coming. We're going to pray really quick before we go. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the tools and uh, wisdom, the ability that you give us to reach our neighbors. Um, we pray now that as we leave, that you would help us to be thinking about how we can use the tools and the information that we went over today to reach our neighbors. We pray that you'd give us your love and encouragement um, and that you'd be with us throughout the rest of the day. We thank you, Lord. We love you. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.